Hello, you're listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. We are a general interest independent bookstore located in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. This year, because of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had to close our store and cancel in-person events. But Skylight is your neighborhood bookstore, and we are finding ways to create community even while we're far apart. In the coming weeks, we'll be putting out lots of new audio content to help you discover new books, connect with authors, and check in with your favorite booksellers. To learn more about how you can help keep Skylight alive, please visit our website at skylightbooks.com or check out our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome back to Skylit. This is the Skylight Books podcast series where we bring you conversations with authors all over the country, all over the world. Um, today, we have an author who's a little bit closer to home. Um, she's here in LA. Her name is Kayla Green. She's the author of the new book, Scotty on the Space Station, which is a children's book. She's going to tell you more about it in just a moment. But first, I just want to say a few words about Skylight. Um, right now, we are open every day from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., though we are expanding our hours very soon as we head into the very, very early holiday season this year. <laughs> um, we're out here just... Yeah, we're out here just trying to make sure you get your your books for all the people you love um, in advance, uh, because you never know what might happen in this crazy year of 2020. You never know what obstacles might get in your way. So uh, let us let us sell you those books um, ahead of time, so you don't have to worry. Um, all right, and uh, last thing of note: if you haven't been on our website, you should check it out: skylightbooks.com. We're doing online ordering there, and also curbside pickup if you live here in LA. Um, also, every day, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So we're always happy to help you find the best stuff. And um, we hope you maybe after you listen to this episode, you order a couple copies of Scotty on the Space Station. All oh, right. Yeah. So Kayla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. No, oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is like this is crazy because I work at a hospital right around the corner, so I'm at Skylight Books often. So it's <laughs> super cool to be here. Um, well, let me sort of give you your formal introduction so our audience gets to know you a little bit more. But um, yeah, we're so glad that you're here. Howdy, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Kayla Green is a Los Angeles native and co-author of the recently internationally published children's book, Scotty on the Space Station. Having been raised with Scotty, a brother with disabilities, she and her sister Shannon developed a passion for teaching inclusion to children at a young age. The sisters want to use their love of writing as a forum to educate relationship building with those who are marginalized. When she isn't writing and spreading the word of inclusion, Kayla is a devoted quality product manager with extensive experience in leading process improvement projects within the healthcare and aerospace industries, which I think lines up quite well with the subject matter of this book. It did. It did. There is some inspiration there. I started my career actually at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, so I kind of married some of my passions a bit. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, um, do you want to kind of give our listeners a taste of the book? Um, maybe not read the whole thing, but just uh, introduce us to Scotty and, and see where he's going? Yes, please. All right, I shall get started. Scotty on the Space Station by Kayla and Shannon Green, illustrated by Tess Rosenthal. 
dedication to Scotty. Thank you for showing us how to view the universe in a different light. My name is Ellie. I am six years old and my family lives on the space station. I have a little brother named Scotty and a baby sister named Nova. We get to live in the best place in the universe because daddy is a scientist and mommy is a doctor. Daddy studies the ever-changing galaxies while mommy treats six station workers and any aliens that may need her help. We even get to meet some of the interesting aliens that visit. They can seem a bit different at first, but that makes life on the station all the more fun. My family is used to different because Scotty is a person with disabilities. Scotty's muscles and brain work in a different way, so he uses technology to talk and a wheelchair to move around. Some things are a bit more difficult for Scotty, and he sometimes needs some extra help, but we still do everything together. Scotty loves swinging at the park, swimming at the station pool, watching superhero movies, and chowing down on my mommy's yummy meatloaf, just like me. Some people aren't used to kids with disabilities like Scotty, and that can make me really sad, but it's just because they don't know him yet, so I introduce him. One time, a little alien came to the station because his sister, Cosma, needed to get her shots from my mommy. His name was Junpei, and he was six as well. He was nervous for his sister, so mommy asked me to play with him to keep him company while he, she worked. I, of course, introduced him to Scotty and Nova. He thought Nova was the cutest little baby, but he didn't talk too much to Scotty. I took them all to the station's park so we could get some swing and slide time in but Junpei still wasn't talking to Scotty. I decided to ask Junpei, why won't you talk to my brother? Junpei looked down at his feet and embarrassedly said, I want to, but I just don't know what to say. This I understood. Sometimes I don't even know what to say to new people. I tried to think of something they might have in common. Oh, Junpei, you can talk to Scotty about whatever you want and he'd be so excited. His tablet allows him to talk about anything, even superheroes. His body may look and work a little differently than ours do, but he still enjoys some of the same things and wants new friends. Junpei looked down at his feet and whispered, Scotty also loves superheroes? Scotty, speaking with his tablet, said, I love superheroes, especially the ones that fly. <laughs> that's what we'll stop for now <laughs> that's such a good spot um oh my gosh delightful I love I love that and can you tell me how you spell the alien's name I was just trying to imagine j-u-n-p-e-i got it got it okay yeah people are struggling <laughs> with that one but it's Junpei and I like it <laughs> I like it too <laughs> it's an excellent <laughs> alien name I thought so <laughs> well so this book obviously comes from very close to your heart from your own brother. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like the idea to make a book about uh, interacting with people with disabilities and, um, and you know, how your brother might've been involved and inspirational in that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I always joke with my sister that this book took us maybe an hour to write, but it took a lifetime to come together. So Basically, growing up with my little brother, you get to see a lot of the good in people, a lot of the people who are supportive. Like, I walk around and people know Scotty absolutely everywhere we go. They say hello. 
But unfortunately, you also get to see a side of people who are a little bit intimidated and nervous because they've either never experienced it or they don't know what to say and end up just straight up ignoring him. And that's exceptionally heartbreaking to see because not only does it hurt us seeing it, but it hurts Scotty too because all he wants is interaction and friends and fun. So when you see people just straight up walking right by or staring and looking away, it's an exceptionally difficult thing to see. So my sister and I had always kind of wanted to make a difference in this world. She took it a step further and is a special education teacher for Teach for America, but this is our way of kind of getting the story out there that teaching inclusion young is so vital. Uh, kids, that way when they're seeing kids in different stories and literature and media, they're just socialized to it so early that it'll be a natural occurrence for them to really interact with people with disabilities. So yeah. that was kind of the birth of the story. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think, I think thinking about it as a story um, rather than a, you know, a teaching tool, like, a, a you know, an educational syllabus or something like that um, makes it so much more accessible to a wide range of people who might be resistant to being told, you know, how to be and how to interact. Um, and I love, of course, that it's set on the space station. Like, what a fantastic setting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who doesn't love space, especially kids? And like I said, uh, my family actually has a very long history with NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. My dad works there, both my grandfathers worked there. I worked there for almost seven years. So very naturally it came to a place of how cool would it be to set it in a space theme on a space station and make the person who is unsure and uncomfortable, maybe an alien to make it a little disassociative so that people can learn from someone who's not necessarily like them and go, okay, I can do that too. Yeah, I like that because it's also like, there are different kinds of marginalizations, right? So um, there's disability and then there's also just being from a different place and a different planet even. Um, exactly. And there are ways to communicate across even those very, very wide seeming boundaries. Exactly, exactly, I love that. And on that note, we like, there's crazy statistics out there. People with disabilities are so, underrepresented in media, literature, film, everything. Um, and on top of that, if you're a person of disabilities who's also a person of color, even less so. So just anything we can do to get the word out there for inclusion and representation is what my sister and I really want to portray with this message. So when you and your sister were writing this together, um, how did that go? Like, uh, you, you kind of said that you took the lead on it and then she kind of stamped stamped off on it um but i'm curious like did it was it smooth did you argue <laughs> did you have different <laughs> ideas that you kind of like melded together somehow uh yeah we did kind of have some different ideas she was very much the one who wanted to put the inclusion factor on there obviously it's a natural thing when you're having a representation of a person with disabilities but we wanted it very much to be teaching so that was very much her thing and the creative portion of making it in the space station and the storyline was kind of where I came in and wrote it. Uh, as she's a special education teacher through Teach for America, she definitely reviewed it and made sure everything was first person, like uh, person first language and all that to make sure it was as inclusive and accepting as possible. Um, so it was can actually you, it wasn't too bad. Can you tell me a little bit of, about what is person first language? Tell our listeners. Yes, absolutely. So when we're talking about person first language, we are referring to the fact that 
we don't want disabilities to define people. People are not their disabilities. So when we're saying person first language, it's, it's saying something like a person with disabilities, not like not a disabled person. That is no longer acceptable in today's lexicon. We should not be using that sort of terms. They do not define them. Uh, so that is what we're referring to. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think it seems like such a small change to make, you know, just the grammar of your sentence, but it, the shift is really from this is a defining identity to this is a, an aspect of my identity as a whole person. Exactly. Um, got it. Exactly. That's, thank you for explaining that. Um, so I'm, I'm curious also about kind of once you had the story worked out, um, what did it, what were the next steps? Like, how did you find, uh, how did you find Tess, your illustrator? And then how did you find your publisher? All of that kind of stuff. What an exhausting process, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. The illustrator part was easy. Finding Tess was absolutely easy. She's a fantastic illustrator, up and coming, very young. Uh, she's in, I think she's in college right now. I found her on Upwork, actually. So when I was going through with my sister and doing the stories, we knew what we wanted the pictures to look like, but we just do not have those skills. And we didn't, like, even in LA somehow, we didn't know anyone who had those skills. So we just looked on Upwork and it was super easy. Tess was fantastic. She definitely made my images that I had in my brain come to life and they're gorgeous. So finding Tess and that illustrator was simple. Finding the publisher was a different story. Uh, for a first time children's book author, uh, when you're first starting out and doing all of your research, you find out very quickly that becoming a successful children's book author is about as likely as becoming a rock star. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of legwork. It's a lot of pushing your story and getting to the agents and finding out who has the best capability to really get the story out there, who's accepting even stories right now, because a lot of them won't even accept you without um, an agent to represent you, which I did not have. Um, so I basically did a lot of research and just shot my story out there as much as possible until finally someone bit, and um, that's Olympia Publishers, which is a London-based publisher. Uh, and they've, it took a long time. It took about eight months to finally get that signature and get it all done. But once it was out there, the process was pretty quick. Publishing in 2020 was an interesting, um, development. But, <laughs> right, right. Sort of a monkey wrench in the works there. A bit, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just about February when everything was done and they were like, okay, we're going to start getting it out there. And then COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely an interesting transition of marketing and trying to get the word out there about this story in the time of COVID. Book signings are a virtual thing. Um, and like even this podcast, I'm talking to you from across the screen. Mm -hmm. So just, just a totally different atmosphere, but it's been fun. Yeah. I wonder if like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of imagining like what the life of this book would have been if COVID hadn't happened. I mean, because so much of it is about being, sharing a space with someone who's different from you, like physically yeah. being in a space with someone who's different from you. Um, we don't really have that now that we're in, like in this all virtual world. Um, but there, it's kind of changed in different ways because I've, I've been seeing as uh, someone who's host, hosts virtual events 
that um, we're getting attendees from all over the country. We're getting attendees from rural places, you know, who don't have their own bookstores. We're getting disabled attendees who, you know, couldn't come in person. Um, so there's, we've lost some, some types of access and gained others. Um, and I'm curious, like, how have you kind of tried to adapt to, to this kind of shift that we're all going through? And, and how have you tried to get this book into the hands that, that need it the most? Oh man, uh, so it's an interesting point that you bring up. Um, so my biggest market here is parents and teachers. Fortunately, my sister's already a teacher, so we've got a pretty solid network of teachers already. Uh, so through her Teacher America, through her undergrad, through her master's degree, we have a lot of connections there. Um, but we are doing our best to kind of get in touch with any teachers, any schools that we possibly can. My sister is actually putting together a lesson plan on top of the book, Scotty on the Space Station, in order to facilitate those conversations of inclusion of people with disabilities in a classroom setting. So we've been asked to do some sort of Zoom readings. If it was a normal non-COVID world, we likely would have been actually going to the school and having these conversations and facilitating these conversations ourselves. Uh, unfortunately, obviously that's not really possible. So we're doing the best we can with recordings and sending them to teachers to kind of have that conversation on their own, just providing the materials as much as we can. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a shift, but I do think it's even more vital than ever, especially when we're seeing, you know, kids aren't going to school, so they're not seeing people with differences. And if they are, they're seeing them through a computer screen. So when COVID-19 is finally no longer a thing. We want people to be going out in the world and including people with disabilities, not being intimidated to have discussions with them. So uh, I think because of COVID-19, my sister and I are even more passionate and encouraged to get this story out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I've been reading that um, special education students are, are struggling very much right now because obviously they benefit so much from having in-person instruction and and having like peer support as well and now <laughs> they don't have that anymore um do you feel comfortable talking about how your sister is dealing with this as a teacher uh oh uh to say she is devastated is an understatement it was COVID hit in her first year of teaching for special education and I think I can speak on her behalf and probably for all special education teachers, you fall so hard in love with these kids and the progress you've made with them and how hard you've worked with them to then try to transition to virtual has been exceptionally difficult. That being said, I have seen some crazy innovation with these teachers and these colleagues that she has. They share resources online, they support each other, uh, we sent out some books to a couple of special education teachers to help spread the word and they shared different teaching materials with my sister that can be used virtually. So it's an incredibly supportive community and they're adapting just like everybody else has. So it was definitely tough and heartbreaking in the beginning, but they're finding ways to work around it. Yeah, well, teachers, as we all know, are incredibly resourceful. They have to be, but they shouldn't have to be, but they are. And they shouldn't have to be. They're dang heroes. So, especially now, now more than ever. So yeah. they, they, they have my respect. I will tell you that. 
Me too. Absolutely. Um, any teachers, any librarians listening, we love you. We respect you. We cherish you. <laughs> yeah, we Please hang in there. We need you. And I, I wish actually Shannon could be on right now. I, I tried, but she actually is in her master's program for special education and she has class from four to 11. So oh, that was not going to go, but whew, that's a uh, long class. <laughs> I know. I know. I did. I just got my master's degree and it was like six to 10, like nowhere, nowhere near as long. So again, even more respect to them because that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But um, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I wish her all of the, all of the luck in the world and all of the strength in the world and carrying on right now. Um, how, how has Scotty reacted to this book? Have you guys read it to him? <laughs> Scotty has uh, assimilated to fame with ease. Uh, he, this, he was born for this role. No, like I mentioned it a little earlier, but I'm not joking. Like when I'll take him to the grocery store, someone will stop and be like, Scotty, this was before the book. And I would just be like, oh yeah, I'm his sister. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he calls me. And he's like, yeah. Um, so he's, he's already famous in our mind in our small, you know, town of La Cunada in Los Angeles. So um, very easy transition for him. When the book came out, we, he like dressed up. He was very excited. Um, we went to our pool backyard, had a little mini party with our small socially distanced Aww. family and he was, like demanding that we bring him drinks. So I think <laughs> fame has come very easy to Scotty. It may have gone a little bit to his head. We, we may need to reel it back a bit, but he's, he's <laughs> yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be starring in the Scotty on the space station film any day now. I know, I know. He will, he'll demand it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. I'm so glad you, you got to celebrate even if it was just a little backyard party. Um, yeah. I, I, when I wish we could celebrate with you in the store, but um, this is kind of our substitute for the moment. I'll, you know what? I'll take what I can get. Anything to spread the word of inclusion out there, I'll take it, especially now. And then we, we can meet up after COVID. I'm right around the corner, usually. <laughs> yes, yeah. I would love to see Scotty too. I don't know if he's ever been to Skylight, but it would be fun to have him there. I don't think he has actually, but I'd be happy to take him. Yeah, he would love to meet everybody. We'll, I mean, show, him, we'll show him the book like on a shelf so he can like- Why not? That would make his a week month year. He'd be so stoked. <laughs> all right, it's on, it's on, we're doing it. We're doing um, it. So thinking kind of like, forward from this strange moment we find ourselves in um do you think uh you're gonna write more scotty books like where, where do you think you're gonna go from here um what do you hope for this book and and what comes next so i definitely think we're gonna be writing more books um there's a lot more stories of inclusion out there that need to be told more representation that needs to be had uh we started out with this wanting to make sure that people in chairs and people with disabilities could see Scotty and see someone in themselves. My sister and I grew up being able to see people who look like us in children's literature, but there's a lot of people who don't. So we definitely have plans to send Scotty and his friends on some different adventures and meeting new people and including them on their little ragtag team. Oh, that's great. Uh, so definitely gonna be there. But for now, in our, in our reality right now, we are just focusing on getting this into the hands of teachers and parents because the more children we can share the story with, the more impact we think we can have on people with disabilities in the, in the future so that, you know, people like Scotty don't have to 
deal with what he had to deal with and what we had to deal with growing up with that uncomfortableness. So we're really hoping for a cultural shift. It's a big ask, but we're, we're passionate and we're encouraged that we can do it. If any of our listeners are interested in working with you on a, a school visit or a library visit or anything like that, how could they contact you? Oh, they can contact me via email, uh, kayla.c.green at gmail.com. I've got a wonky name. It's K-A-E-L-A dot C dot G-R-E-E-N at gmail.com. Uh, so feel free to reach out to me there. I also have a website at kaylacgreen.com where I have my information there as well. So please, please, please reach out to me, any sort of Zoom, anything that helps to spread the word of inclusion, I am, I'm down. Fantastic. Um, one last question, and maybe this is a bit of a gotcha. So if you, if you don't wanna like rattle off a list, I understand. But I'm curious if there are um, other books on inclusion that you would recommend like for, if, for expanded reading. Not a gotcha, but I'm going to panic and not have one at the top of my head. I should have prepared you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's, you know, it's funny. Instagram is a fantastic resource when it comes to that. There's actually a ton of micro influencers who like really preach and teach inclusion and actually promote a lot of different inclusive books. So honestly, if you just go on Instagram and search for the hashtag like inclusion education, I have a lot of colleagues, I'll call them, who are very supportive of this sort of uh, literature and they have lists and lists and lists of reviews of books like this that I would highly, highly encourage everyone to purchase. Fantastic. On the space station. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously that's the number I mean, one. This, this one is well, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess my last question is a little bit more sort of big picture. Um, what do you think is the most important thing uh, that we can do in socializing kids uh, to be around people with disabilities? Like what's the first step of that, um, that process? normalizing it. The first step is having those conversations. You can never be too young. You can never explain to them too young because the last thing we want is for them to come across someone with disabilities having never experienced it before and to make that person feel uncomfortable. That's not cool. It hurts them. It's, it's hurtful. So we want to spread that word early. So anything from having those discussions and sitting down, working with teachers, reading inclusive books, that's the first step is just talking about it, to be honest. That's a great first step, um, mm -hmm. talking about it and then reading books. Reading books from <laughs> Skylight Books. <laughs> <laughs> a great place to start. Um, all right, Kayla, is there anything else you wanna talk about? Uh, any other questions I should ask you before we say our goodbyes? Uh, not that I know of, no. I just kind of want to sign off with thank you to everyone for listening and to remember that even just a little hello can make that person's day, life, it's just small changes can make huge impacts without you even knowing. Yeah. It's just the power of seeing other people. Like it, Exactly. That's, that's all it is at the foundation is just, I see you, I respect you, hello. It's a beautiful place to end it. All right, Kayla, thank you so much for being here. My guest today was Kayla Green, author of Scotty on the Space Station with her sister Shannon Green. Uh, you can get the book at Skylight Books.
Thanks for being here, Kayla. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon. I see.